It's a new year and that means loads of MCU news. From Morbius getting delayed again to Inhuman rumors, I've got you covered right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. So we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. I'm gonna do this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? What is up and welcome back to Season 2 of 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. That is right, Season 2 of this podcast is upon us. I have done nearly an entire year of content already. We're moving into 2022, wishing a happy and a healthy new year to all of you listening. And I'm so excited to be in Season 2 of this podcast Only good things are in store. Today on the pod, I've got a classic news roundup for you. I've got a handful of things to cover, including some news topics from all of you. If you ever want to hear my thoughts on anything Marvel-related at all, hit me up on Twitter at 15MinuteMarvel. I'm always game to cover exactly what you all want me to, and I love interacting with you. So I've got news pieces that you all wanted me to talk about. I've got some really good stuff in store as well. Let's kick it off with the inevitable news of Morbius getting delayed again. I think we're all aware of this, and at this point in time, I'm convinced Sony just has a long con on us for a a massive April Fool's joke, because there's no way that this movie's ever coming out, right? It is now on its seventh release date of April 1st, 2022, making it delayed more times than The New Mutants. Yikes. Yikes. That's just a big yikers for me. That... Look, the New Mutants had a terrible stipulation going around because it was delayed so many times, and unfortunately, that movie was bad. It was a bad movie, and it's just not a great throne to be sitting on for Morbius taking taking the prize possession of most delays out of any movie. Seven's uh, just a lot. It's just, just a lot of delays. Realistically, I do think there are quite a lot of factors at play here. First and foremost being Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home is still pulling in great box office dollars three weeks from its release. And as it continues to climb that those dollar charts, why would you risk cannibalizing some of that box office money? Ground level, that makes complete sense to delay Morbius due to the success of Spider-Man No Way Home. I could see that absolutely 100% being the case. It seems like a big push to me to move it all the way to April. You're talking three months from when it was supposed to come out, a month, um, really a month and a half before Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, a month after the Batman. It's possible that they just saw a better pocket, a little better window, moving it into April with no big competition in April and coming off of the Batman, hopefully getting people more excited to to be watching comic book movies and to go back into theaters. But at the end of the day, why are you going to risk taking money away from Spider-Man No Way Home when some people might not have seen it yet? They might be going to the theater finally for the first time to go see No Way Home, and they might be going again to go see No Way Home. Um, I don't really think it's a case of, of reshoots or the studio not believing in the movie or possibly even adding Andrew Garfield or, or something to that effect. I just think that Sony wants the best circumstances for this movie. And like I said, why would people go see this instead of No Way Home, instead of seeing that again and being part of that cultural moment? I think that just makes sense for Sony to to move it out. Again, 
it's a big delay. So I don't know if that is totally it. The longer it does sit on the shelf, though, the harder it's going to be for this movie to be received uh, even remotely well. Look, there's a lot of negative energy around this movie already. I think it's going to be tough to be even as successful as something like Let There Be Carnage. Sony has seen really good numbers with Venom and Let There Be Carnage, which is mind-boggling to me. I don't, under- I don't understand what we're doing, spending $500 million watching this movie. But nonetheless, here we are. I, I think they want something to that effect, to that level of, of Venom, but it's not going to happen. It, it's just not going to happen. COVID is ever-changing, making it essentially impossible to predict box office dollars. There's no way any of us saw Spider-Man No Way Home doing this good, regardless if if I did think it was going to make a billion dollars or not. I didn't really think it was going to make a billion dollars. I don't think anybody really thought that it would do this well. So I think there are tons of factors. COVID is definitely a factor. You want people to feel safe going back into theaters, and that's not necessarily happening right now, especially for a new property, a new character, kind of an origin story, something a little bit more off the radar and a little on the darker side. So I'm, I'm curious if that kind of has to do with it, if they're trying to just get the right audience members in the theater for this movie. I personally like Jared Leto. I think this movie does look interesting. I don't think it looks great, but I would actually like to see it. Is it going to be on April 1st? We will find out together. But in the meantime, if you need a Jared Leto fix, go watch House of Gucci. He is iconic in that movie. Absolutely iconic. I know it's not Marvel related, but look, this is my podcast. And and I love House of Gucci. I think it was a fantastic film. So go check that out. On to the next piece of news, an exclusive from Fandom Wire and good friend of the show, TJ Zorich. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will be giving us our first Inhuman in the MCU. That is right. Black Bolt, the leader of the Illuminati, is rumored and confirmed to be appearing in Multiverse of Madness. This movie has been undergoing significant reshoots in the last few months to finalize some scenes, add in some cameos of actors who couldn't make it to principal photography, but this cameo, this specific character introduction of Black Bolt has been in the works since the beginning. I have never seen the Inhuman series on Netflix. I've I've heard that I should not. So if I should stay away, please confirm that that rumor for me. I heard it's not uh super great, and I'm not super familiar with uh Black Bolt and the Illuminati from the comics. So this is exciting to me because the MCU is just gonna continue to expand in new directions with every new project. I think that is an exciting thing in and of itself. Multiverse of Madness definitely has the potential to be a a massive hit with with cameos left and right. I think this could be huge for the multiverse, for for Marvel moving forward, for the MCU. I will say, though, it does make me a little nervous. With how little we know about the storyline, about the plot, we do have a teaser now, so that is fantastic. I'm glad that we have that. It just seems like there's a lot going on in this movie, and I'm worried if we start talking about Magneto cameos, and now we're getting an introduction to the, the Illuminati and Black Bolt and Inhumans, it just makes me a little bit nervous that we are going to have too many things. Obviously, it's possible. It's possible to get it done. We saw it in No Way Home. We have five villains. We have three Spider-Man. It's totally possible, but it does make me nervous to say the least. And that is probably one of, that is the main reason why I'm not super, super, super hyped on Multiverse of Madness. I would say that that I, it just uh, it just makes me nervous. It just seems like there's a lot going on, but whatever the case is, Black Bolt the leader of the Illuminati is coming to Multiverse of Madness. This is confirmed by good friend of the show, TJ Zwerich. Shout out TJ for, for passing the news this way. 
whatever the case is with this movie and cameos, we are getting more Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer. I'm happy. I'm a happy dude. Most underutilized character possibly in all of the MCU. She was just thrown away in Doctor Strange. And I and I hope and I pray that we get a great storyline with her in this movie. But yes, more Rachel McAdams, please. I love it. And you love to see it. I can't wait. I'm, I'm very excited for that portion of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. On to the next piece of news. This one comes from Smash Trivia John on Twitter wanted me to cover this. Eric Banya's Bruce Banner appearing in Multiverse of Madness. Possibly. We don't know yet. Again, the possibility of Multiverse of Madness just being loaded with cameos. In May of 2021, Eric Banya did put this possibility to rest, saying he would not reprise the role. But as we all know, in the MCU, nothing is is really ever off the table, right? That's that's just that's just hearsay. Anything's possible. Now, here is a, a very important piece to this kind of news to factor in here. I know that key plot points of the final act of Multiverse of Madness have leaked online on 4chan. I have not seen them. I do not want to see them. I, I, I will not seek those out. I'm very purposeful about avoiding those types of leaks because I do want to be surprised. I want to enjoy what is coming and, and just enjoy the movie to the full, fullest extent, right? But it is entirely possible that somewhere in these leaks, uh, Eric Banya's Bruce Banner maybe makes an appearance. Um, uh, we don't know. It, it could definitely happen. I think the multiverse being wide open, anything is possible. Literally, uh, just absolutely anything is possible. I haven't seen the Ang Lee version of, of the Hulk, so I don't have an attachment. I don't really know what this means for the MCU. If it does happen, I don't really have a personal stake in this, but I will say here's my personal stake. Based on what we have seen in Endgame with, with Smart Hulk and then in the post credit scene of Shang-Chi with him back to Bruce Banner wearing some type of device on his, his arm, on his hand, there are so many questions that have yet to be answered for Bruce Banner. I want that taken care of first. I want to know answers. I want to know how he goes from Smart Hulk to back to Bruce Banner. I want to know how he discovered Smart Hulk better. I want to be clued into those things and I want to stay focused on what we have before we start tossing in other Hulks, other characters, I just, let's keep it clean, Marvel. Uh, Marvel. I, I just want to focus on the one thing at hand here. But again, anything is possible. And if it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen in Multiverse of Madness. Another piece of news coming from Smash Trivia John that he wants me to cover. Who is Bill Murray playing in Quantum Mania? This is great. I did cover this piece of news back in October of 2021 when Bill Murray talked to a French news outlet and essentially spoiled his role in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, saying that he's good friends with Peyton Reed and that he is now knows what it's like to work on a Marvel movie. But we know frighteningly little about his role. We have no clue who he's going to be. We don't know how much he's going to be in the movie, etc. If I were to guess what role Bill Murray is going to be playing in Quantumania, I feel like there's two very plausible options here. One being Scott's dad. I think that him being Robert Lang, we haven't seen or heard mention of this character basically at all in, in the movies. I think it would be a great storyline. I think it would be great for Scott Lang. He's a really good dad at, at his core, at his heart. So I think that would be a very emotional pivot for the movie. And I think that would be actually a good call. But here's the more realistic thing to me. And I don't know why, but Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is definitely going to be focused on the multiverse. We're going to see Kang. There's going to be lots of things in play here. And I think obviously the case with any movie more moving forward, I think you just can't rule anything out. But what I'm stuck on 
is the fact that Bill Murray could be playing an alternate universe version of Hank Pym. Look, think about it with me for a second. Take a breather. Think about it with me. I don't know if I just blew your mind or not, but could you imagine Michael Douglas and Bill Murray just chopping it up on screen after realizing that they are the same person, but from a different universe? That sounds epic. That sounds fantastic. It sounds iconic. It sounds dynamite. And it sounds exactly like something you would see in an Ant-Man film. I'm just saying that sounds like it would fit the the tone of these films and the tone of the trilogy. I think that would be the way to go. I mean, you're focused on the multiverse. We're getting multiverse madness. All of these things. And I think Bill Murray being an alternate universe version of Hank Pym. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then the final piece of news in today's roundup involves the Marvels and Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie. Recently, there was a photo shared by actress Zenobia Shroff, who will be playing Kamala Khan's mother in Miss Marvel and the Marvels, that unknowingly, this photo showed a set of headshots in the background of, of, of her celebrating with cast and crew of the Marvels. There were nine headshots in the back. Definitely a lot of people that are, are on the Marvels. We've got Tiana Paris. We've got Brie Larson and all of these people we know are going to be in the Marvels, but leave it to to the sleuthy MCU sleuthers out there. Really, they discovered that one of these headshots was Tessa Thompson. We've seen a healthy number of of Thor: Love and Thunder leaks recently. Most of them focused on the costumes and the outfits of Jane Foster of Thor and what we're going to see moving forward. But seeing that Valkyrie is going to at least play some part in the Marvels is very exciting to me. I think that the Marvels really does genuinely and truly has a huge opportunity ahead of it to be a super empowering and well-written female-led MCU film, which Captain Marvel was not, unfortunately. I I think Captain Marvel is fun. I like it. I just don't think it was exactly what Marvel wanted it to be. And I think the Marvels has that opportunity to finally be that. We're going to get Miss Marvel before that. We're going to finally see this big team up and we'll have we'll have all kinds of really exciting things on screen. At the end of the day, the more projects that we can get Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie in, absolutely, let's do it. That is, that is good for everybody. That's a big win for everybody. And I do think that Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie is going to be a huge sell for a lot of Thor Love and Thunder stuff. I think her becoming the, the, king, the new king or queen of Asgard and, and her finding her partner is going to be huge. I can't wait for that storyline. And I just think that her being involved in the Marvels to any extent is good for the movie. And I think the Marvels, again, has a really unique opportunity to be something really genuinely special. And I hope that's the case. Fingers are crossed that, it, that it's really, really good. I'm excited for it. 2023, let's go, baby. What piece of news has you the most excited? Let me know on Twitter at 15 Minute Marvel. Just a quick happy new year to everybody. I want to say thank you for supporting this podcast, for listening to this show, for letting me talk about Marvel two times a week is so fantastic. And I hope that you have a a happy and a healthy new year. And uh, here's to 2022 being better than 2021, which considering the amount of MCU content we got in 2021 makes it kind of hard. But we're all in this together. We're all here together. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any major podcast platform. A special shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark, Hajir Shakib, Reagan Knopp, Alan Cole Peacock, Jordan Tanner, and Ben Lawhorn. Thank you all so, so much. I will see you back here next time. I am Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster. Ah!